Dan's Drive-In Double Feature presents The Last Slumber Party Minute, a minute-by-minute podcast covering Steven Tyler's The Last Slumber Party, copyright 1988. Your host, Daniel R. Budnick. You can call him Dan. Now, listen to this. Episode 50, 50, Minute 50. Hey everyone, this is Dan. The last minute left off with uh, Mrs. Sickler gets off the phone with her husband, yells down the steps to see who's down there watching stuff real loud, and it's Chris, and she asks Chris to lock the back door. Sure thing, Mrs. Sickler. Just like two peas in a pod. tell you chris in that last moment there when she 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 basically steps out in the driveway and for whatever reason tommy billy and scott have parked uh, tommy's car is it a thing is that what it is um right in the driveway and and dr sickler wasn't supposed to be gone all night you think that's um i mentioned before that seemed like a bad plan now that we see that that's that's what's actually happened we know it's a bad plan and it's great because that the last shot chris begins walking out of the house towards the car and she has a look on her face like She's like, I don't know, some kind of vampire zombie woman who's, you know, 4,000 years old and just wants to die, especially with those rings under her eyes. She's lovely. But um, I think the uh, evening has taken its toll on our Chris. And also, uh, Mrs. Sickler stabbed her in a, to death in a dream just a few minutes before. I, I, um, I you know, I... I uh, I wonder if she's thinking about that when she wakes up. I wonder if she was dreaming what she was dreaming about when she uh, maybe she dreamt that call that um, the Sicklers had, and I don't know. But yeah, you would think I just because I just thought of that. No wait, Mrs. Sickler for whatever reason stabs her in the back in that dream, which wakes her up. So hmm, okay. Well, anyway, uh, what happens in this minute? Um, not a lot. Not a lot. I guess technically, well, no, Scott's still out there, and Mrs. Sickler is still up there. Does Mrs. Sickler count? I mean, we so rarely get slasher films, like teen slasher films, where the parents are still in the house. So I don't know if Mrs. Sickler counts as a... Um, like, what I'm saying is that Scott is apparently still out there. I don't think he's the killer. So does this make... Is this the minute where sort of the final girl segment begins? Um, but we don't know where Scott is, so uh, uh, will that have to wait until Scott appears? I, I don't know. Um, I'd like to say this is sort of where the final segment begins. It's funny, we've had some weird finals. I've done, on this minute by minute, I've done some weird final girl segments. Because Night That This Member really doesn't have one. It has the girl who's wrongly accused and gets chased up the same staircase over and over again. And it has the actual killer doing her thing. 
Um, and then Blood Lake doesn't have a final girl sequence. It has a strange, rush, jumbled bit. Iced sort of has a final sequence, final girl sequence, but it's really more like Trini um, discovers the bodies, goes out to the car, comes back in, calls um, uh, our real estate guy, whose name I've suddenly blanked on, Alex? Is it Alex? Uh, and then sits there waiting for him to show up, then gets in a 30-second-long scuffle and the movie's over. So this one, I guess since Scott is still somewhere around there and there's someone else still alive in the house who's not the killer, um, then this must be... I, 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 I will, we'll call this the beginning of the final girl. So I need to pick one that th- these... I haven't just done slasher films here, folks. Night of Horror is not a slasher film in any way, shape, or form. Um and this wasn't the film I meant to cover next. I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you. No, I won't tell you. It was, I actually meant to cover two, a film from the late 50s and a film from the mid-60s, another double feature. Um, but I got like three or four episodes in and realized that I think this might be a Dan's Drive-In double feature episode. Do you remember that show? I love doing that show. But that pulling all the, 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 the clips and, and all the, um, the commercials and everything, it takes a long time to do the show and and I just um, at the moment I'm having more fun doing this sorry everybody okay now where are we the minute uh, so yeah the minute more or less kind of begins with uh, you see two bodies in the bed and they have the bed sheet pulled up over their heads no sign of blood or anything just two bodies under a bed and uh, Mrs. Sickler leans in and I wish I could see what the poster is on the wall behind her. I mean, it implies the, a, a poster on a door generally implies, I think, a kid's room. So that implying there's another kid that they they weren't allowed to take that poster down. It says like R U A something or other. I can't read what the final word is. And it, well, although having said that, I think I think I've said this before, but my mom up until. Um, uh, I was 10 or 11, she had a Elvis poster on the door of her room, and she was a woman in her, I'm not going to tell you, that's not, none of your business what age she was, but, but she was definitely, you know, uh, younger than I am right now, uh, but she had a poster on her door, so that could, that's not the Sickler's door, because that one, I mean, there's no way that's the Sickler's room, right, directly across from there, and could you imagine Dr., unless it says, are you a great doctor, or, or something like that, uh, well, I just don't know, so, uh, what else? Yeah, so she leans in and sees those two pulled up there, and she, you know, she says that just like two peas in a pod, and she shuts the door, and then all of a sudden you see the killer was like behind the door, and then we get, I think it's the second, right? I, I forgot to write it down because we, we had it once earlier when when what's her name, the blonde in the opening scene is is attacked. You get that great shot where the camera's pulling back, tracking back, and the killer's just looking at the camera, and twisting his head with the scalpel right up front, which is kind of the signature shot of the movie, and I think this is the second time we see that. I don't know why he's doing that in that room and in fact the background obviously it's the same shot so the background is um is not either of the rooms that we've been in so far as far as, far as i know so um let's see what else uh yeah yeah so the killer's in there and has put their bodies under there and yeah no blood anywhere which is awesome you'd think there'd be a little ooze if you'll pardon me and i guess let me let me let me just ask this when i was a, a wee lad I used to hide under the cover sometimes. That was fun. In fact, I, sometimes I still do. One of my dogs, George, likes to burrow, burrow under the covers and um, likes to hang out there. He has a good time. But I can't really sleep with the covers pulled up all the way over my head. I can put them right up to my neck, 
sometimes if it's chilly in here, I can, I can pump a little higher. Uh, and if, it, if it's really chilly, I can whoosh, maybe throw it over. But, I mean, the implication here is that from all the noise outside, it's probably a slightly cool but humid uh, summer night. That's why they haven't bothered putting, like, a bedspread back on um, to the bed. They just have a sheet. And did I call this sheet a bedspread? I'm sorry, it's a sheet uh, th that's on the bed. But how do you, I mean, do you, I mean, generally I sleep with the, uh, the, the covers uh, generally up to around my neck or chest area. And I usually sleep on a so my side or my stomach. I, I, um, I used to snore a lot and I don't do that much more, but, uh, I have to stay off my back, uh, because I snore when I do that. But, uh, but so that, but I rarely ever pull the cover up over my head. So it's, it's just so strange to me that, that we've had two instances now where people have walked in and seen people sleeping, what I find to be in unnatural ways. And their response is not, what the hell are you doing? But, oh, look at them sleeping or complaining about the bathroom light. Hmm. So let's see, what else do we have in this minute? Let's see, Chris uh, walks through the kitchen. She gets up, walks through the kitchen, and she goes to the back door, which is a little hallway off the kitchen, and she goes to put the, the chain on when she, she sees the, the car out there. And that's that's more or less the, the way the minute ends with them strolling out the car. I wonder if... Uh, I wonder... Wonder, wonder who, 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 who wrote the book of love? Sorry, I was a little wavery there, folks. I I, um, I, I wonder if, if it's one of those things where Tommy's the only one who has his license. I feel like Billy might have his license, but Scott doesn't. I was, in my group of friends, I think I was the last one. Eric uh, uh, Zydell, I think, got his license first, and I forget, I think it was Matt Tobin, then Nick and Jason. I was last because I wanted to, because where I... Uh, grew up, I, don't, I think it was called the blue card, or what was it? Um, it was something where until you turned 18, if you didn't have a blue card, which was something you were given after you did a driver's ed course, and I don't mean like a six-hour-long driver's ed course, I mean a like month-long, you know, two hours, month-long, hour and a half, two hours, every morning, f uh, five days a week, every morning, you know. I, I remember that. We, we, we took a driver's ed, it was like... It was some distance away from where we were. My friend, myself, Nick went, and it was like nine in the morning, Monday through Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we were at the school. Tuesday and Thursday was driving, and we did that. And it must have been four weeks. I think it could have actually been six during the summer of 1990, which was fine because when all when it was all done, I scheduled my um, test immediately. Did the test, passed the test, and it was great because normally what they, they would do if you were under 18, and I had just turned 17 a month or two before, what they do is they give you the, um, you know, your temporary permit, and there's something stamped on there saying until you either get a blue card or turn 18, you can't drive past like 8 or 9. But what I was able to do is when he uh, said, you've passed, and I said, here's my blue card, and he said, you can drive all night. I'm not going to start singing the Springsteen song, although I feel like I could, but it's eight and a half minutes long, and this episode's gone on kind of long enough already. But yeah, I'm, so I do wonder, like, um, I'm, I mean, I'm sure the one of the gals must drive over. We don't see the the gals are already there. We don't see them drive over, but I'm guessing, I'm guessing at least one of them drives. And, and uh, but yeah, I do wonder, like, is it is it like, Tom, if Tommy's the only one who drives and the only one who has a car, I feel like he'd be dictatorial, dictator, dictator, dictatorial, dictatorial, dictator, you know, like a dictator, dictatorial. 
And um, is that dictation? Is that something to do with dictation? But I, f- I feel like Tommy would be like that. And I feel like Billy would be pretty much fine with all of it. And Scott would be like, whatever, and just get dragged along. I feel like it would be sort of the same thing, like if Chris was the only one who was driving. Uh, Tracy might be a little less inclined to do exactly what um, Chris is saying. But I, I feel like that could be sort of similar, too. So, yeah, that's this minute. Um, uh uh, the killer is still in there, and Chris is going out to the thing, and she's yelling Tommy's name. Uh, and I'm playing you this music. 